often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar. Hey, sis, how are you doing? How is life treating you? And more importantly, how have you been treating yourself? I really hope you've been well. Um, I hope that life has been treating you good. I hope that you've had some good things happen for you and you're in a good space. Me, I've, I've been okay. Actually, in full transparency, I've been feeling down lately. Um, the four-year mark of the passing of my mother-in-law is right around the corner, and I've been swimming in grief. And I honestly thought that I'd be in a better mental and emotional space by now, but I'm not. And I've had to remind myself that grief isn't linear and that there isn't an endpoint that I'll arrive to where I'm done grieving. Um, the feelings, they come in waves, and instead of fighting them, I'm just allowing myself to just ride those waves. For me, the hardest part is that I've tried so hard to suppress my sadness in effort to be supportive to my spouse, who lost his mother, right? And as Although I was close to her and consider her to be one of my best friends, she wasn't my mother. So for a very long time, I didn't allow myself to feel sad. It was like, how dare I be sad? But now I'm allowing myself to feel all the feels and I'm also trying to remember all of the things that she's taught me, um, specifically about acceptance. One of the things that I really admired about her was her ability to meet people right where they were and to love on them for who they were in that moment. And she was also hilarious. (laughs) I often find myself just chuckling, thinking about the ridiculous stories she'd tell me and just the wild conversations that we'd have. (laughs) I grew up in a really conservative household and I really wasn't given space to speak freely, even into my adulthood. So forming a relationship with my mother-in-law and being encouraged to express myself and my thoughts and that my thoughts were valuable was a gift that I did not know I needed. So I say all this to say that I know a lot of us are grieving. I know I'm not the only one who is alone in the frustration that I feel when the waves of sadness overcome me. But... I encourage you to allow yourself to feel. Don't fight it, just embrace it. I've been told that pain, that the pain will lessen in intensity and that the waves will come less frequently. In the meantime, let's make space for their memories and be sure to frequently revisit our times together. So on my radar this week, is a little different. Instead of sharing um, what I've found in the wellness streets, like new things that are things that are new to me or new and possibly new to you that can help on our wellness journey, I'm going to use this time to make a public service announcement. Listen, the CDC recently announced that if you're vaccinated, you no longer have to adhere to the six feet rule 
or wear a mask in indoor establishments. As of May 12th, only 36.3% of the U.S. population is fully vaccinated against COVID-19. And by fully vaccinated, that means that they've received two doses of either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine and are at least two weeks post the second dose. Again, 36.3% of the entire U.S. population are vaccinated. And that percentage varies depending on what state you live in. For example, Georgia and Tennessee both have 28.6% of their populations vaccinated, while places like New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts have over 40% of their populations fully vaccinated. That is very far from herd immunity. That is not herd immunity. So to me, the CDC was incredibly reckless to make this announcement. This country has truly showed its ass and how it's dealt with the pandemic. Too many people have carried on as if we aren't in a pandemic, which caused so many countless deaths. The CDC is essentially telling us to trust that people will be honest about their vaccination status and <laughs> American individualism has shown us that people are less than honest and less than caring for the communities that they live in. So I say all that to say I am begging you to please remain masked up. Keep your masks on. Remain vigilant. Um, also socially distant. Like there's no problem with giving people six feet of space. At this point, that's my standard. That's my norm. If you are not part of my inner circle, there is no reason why you should be all up on me. Like, I think we should just keep that from here on out. You know, I, I'm just really disappointed and just, I'm tired of being tired at this point. And I know I'm not alone. Um, and also a reminder that the vaccination does not make you 100% immune. And let's also keep in mind that children under the age of 12 don't even have the option for vaccination and are still very much exposed. Asthma is a condition that runs rampant in black and brown communities. Asthma in itself, it makes you immunocompromised. So let's keep that in mind. Many of our children have asthma. So I talk a lot about the importance of self-care. And I think we're to, I think we need to remember what is the point of self-care? The ultimate goal of self-care is that we are so filled with goodness and with light and with love and we're in such great spaces that we are able to extend the best of ourselves to our community. Community care is just as important as your self-care. Your self-care is a foundation for what you give to the world. So COVID has been a stark reminder that we collectively need to do so much better in caring for each other. Just because I don't know you does not mean that you don't matter. With that said, please continue to do your best at social distancing, at being masked up, whether or not you are vaccinated, because the people around you also matter. And that's all I'll say there. <laughs> So today's episode is a solo episode. 
It is just a conversation between me and you. I don't have a guest this week and decided to chat a bit about burnout. I've mentioned several times that I've burnt out before, and it's been the topic of many conversations on social media, but I've never gone into depth about what it really means to burn out. So let's talk about it. What is burnout? So according to the World Health Organization, burnout is a syndrome resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It's characterized by three dimensions. The first is feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. The second is increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativity or cynicism related to one's job. And the third is reduced professional efficacy. I think the majority of our burnout does come from our work environments, but I don't think we should discredit just living and the other responsibilities that we have that can also contribute to our burnout. If you are a parent who works out of the home, who your primary job is to care for the family, that in itself can cause burnout. If you're caring for aging parents, that in itself too can cause burnout. If you have a hobby that's turned into a side hustle or a even if it's a passion project that doesn't have any um, monetary benefit, that too can lead to burnout. So when we look at burnout, there are several phases that happens. People just don't up and burn out. What happens is it's a gradual step-by-step process that results in burnout. So the first phase is going to be the honeymoon phase. So in that point, you'll be really happy with the job at hand. You'll be really happy with whatever you're doing. You're readily accepting responsibility. You have sustained energy levels. You have a ton of optimism. You're committed to what you're doing. And you just have this compulsion to really prove your, to yourself and to those around you that you're capable of completing this task, this job, this project, whatever it is. You are highly productive and your creativity is just free flowing. After the honeymoon stage, we then have the second stage, which is the onset of stress. So now things are starting to get a little bit difficult. You might feel some anxiety when approaching the project or the task at hand. You might have some fatigue, some forgetfulness. You might start to neglect yourself. So there'll be changes in your appetite and diet. Um, You're generally neglecting your personal needs. You have headaches, you might experience palpitations, and you might start to grind your teeth at night. So you might wake up with like jaw pain, or if you have a partner, the partner will tell you like, hey, you were grinding your teeth last night. Okay, And this is going to also cause some avoidance in decision making because you're just stressed now. This will all lead to possible high blood pressure, irritability, Just you're just upset and on edge You have no focus. At this point, you are just dissatisfied with the job or the project or the task at hand. You are um, now less productive. Your sleep is impaired or you have a reduced quality of sleep and you might even start to withdraw. So you're going to start to lack social interaction. 
And this continues to go on and you, you, we don't check it. We just try to push through because that's what we've been taught to do in our culture is just to push through and to try to be as productive as possible. And this leads to the third step, which is chronic stress. So the chronic stress is then going to cause you to possibly miss deadlines and or different targets. You'll become resentful. You'll then procrastinate because you don't want to do the thing anymore. It doesn't bring you any joy. So you push things off, and which leads to even more missed tar- targets and more missed deadlines. You start to feel threatened. You're panicking. You feel completely out of control or even apathetic. You just no longer care. You might start to um, increase the amount of escapist activities that you do. And escapist activities could be things like scrolling the internet for hours on end, or you may start to drink more or smoke more or whatever it is that you do to escape, you'll do that. You'll lean on that more than um, what's healthy, a healthy level. This will also cause, in this stage, you'll have um, persistent tiredness, chronic exhaustion, and this may lead to full-blown physical illness. And once this keeps going and keeps going to a point where there are very obvious behavioral changes, chronic headaches, the complete neglect of personal needs, so things like basic hygiene are out the window, you are not taking care of your diet, um, any physical activity is not even there. Those things are where we are talking about burnout. And the hallmark of burnout would be just a desire to pretty much drop out of society and an even more continuation of escapist activities and no desire to even be with your friends and family. It's that feeling like, oh, I just want to run away. If only I could just run away and just start life over. If you've had those feelings before and those thoughts before, it's likely because of burnout. When you burn out, it's like you become a shell of yourself. You may look the same to the people who love you, but you're not the same. It's like your your head is on fire. The thoughts are racing or there is aren't any thoughts. It's just crickets up there because you have just been so, so tired. So when we get to burnout, a lot of us will be forced to or choose to, okay, let me take a break. I recognize what's happening now. I'm not feeling great. So let me just stop and pause and force myself to do some self-care or to just rest or to just do something to try to bring myself out of this phase so I can get back to, to doing my work. The problem is, is that once we do that, we might take a day off out of months of chronic stress and months of feeling burnt out. That one day isn't going to be the end-all be-all. It's not going to be enough to bring us back to where we should have been, right? It won't bring us, restore us to where we were. So we'll take that one day out of months of essentially hell, thinking that it's okay. So we'll put a little Band-Aid on a gunshot wound, essentially. And we'll keep repeating the same cycle for months and even years. And that's when we enter habitual burnout. I always see these like memes and, um, and tweets about 
how adulting sucks. I think what we're really saying is that we're burnt out and we just don't recognize it. We have so many responsibilities, whether it's professional or familial or other relationships, that we don't have time to really address our stressors in the moment and we don't have time to just be and just live. A lot of us have been conditioned to work, 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 work and to grind and, and to constantly be producing something that we've lost sight of why we're really here, right? And that's why we say that adulting sucks. <laughs> we're burnt out. So what do we do? I think the issue with burnout is that, especially in our generation, in our culture, so in the U.S., we stay in these cycles of burnout, and we don't complete the stress cycle. Because stress is going to happen. Stress is unavoidable. We're humans. We are living on earth. There are always going to be things that are going to come up that are going to stress us. That's completely normal. We can't escape the stress. But what we need to do is we need to be able to recognize the stress so that way we can complete the stress cycle. So this is what I think about. I think about... Back in the day when we all went into offices, right, before we, m- the majority of us were, in, were working remotely. So let's just say our commute to work is on a regular clear day. It's about half an hour from our homes to our office. Okay, half an hour, no traffic, and easy peasy. So you get to work, you have your full eight, nine, ten day, um, ten hour of work, excuse me. And by the time you get by the time you get in your car and you're halfway home, you hit traffic. So you hit a wall of traffic and at this point your commute has gone from 30 minutes and it now it's an hour and you're still in your car. So now you're sitting in your car, you're in traffic, you are hungry because it's your dinner time. You may have to relieve yourself because it's just time to use a bathroom. Um, you're tired because you've had a full day of work. And you know how people get in traffic, they are just irritating. So people are honking, people are cutting you off, even though you guys are going five miles an hour, and it's just a mess. So you're sitting in that traffic, and you are just, everything is a problem, and you're stressed out, and you just want to get home. So you eventually get home at, let's say, an hour and 20 minutes, um, after an hour and 20 minute commute, you're finally home. Once you get home, Do you feel like you are instantly better? You don't. Yes, you arrived to your destination, but you still need to address the things that um, have not yet been addressed. So you still need to relieve yourself. You still need to eat. You still need to rest and do all of those things and then still need to decompress from all of the honking and whatever else happened while you were in the car. So all of those things, all of those stresses still need to be addressed and resolved before you feel better. The problem with us and the way our society is set up is that we don't really have time to really address all of our stressors And not only that, I think the biggest problem is that we 
are taught to push through. So we brush aside the stressors until they compound and they surmount so much that we can't help but to feel them and to have to address them. So one thing that is really important is to address our stressors in the moment. So figure out what are my stressors? What are my triggers? So that way when it happens in the moment, I can address it then. Instead of allowing for 10 things to stress me out, and now on that 10th thing, I blow up or I retreat or I just fall apart. I I get to the state of burnout. So there's this book called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. And one of the quotes that I found really helpful, it says, the good news is that stress is not the problem. It's how we deal with stress, not what causes it, that releases the stress, completes the cycle, and ultimately keeps us from burning out. You can't control every external stressor that comes your way. The goal isn't to live in a state of perpetual balance and peace and calm. The goal is to move through stress to calm so that you're ready for the next stressor and to move from effort to rest and back again. Okay, so you're like, okay, girl, so what are some ways that we can relieve the stressors to complete the burnout cycle? A couple that I'll share with you are things like deep breathing, physical touch, physical activity, creating something, laughing, and even crying. This list is by no means exhaustive, but if there is something that works for you, choose that thing, identify that thing, and then consistently implement it. So for deep breathing, focusing on reducing your breathing rate and mindfully redirecting your thoughts to your breath are great ways to come off of the emotional high or low that's been caused by the stressor which is why meditation um, is, has been clinically, it's like scientifically proven to help reduce stress levels and helps to improve physical wellness. Physical touch is another one. So if you are a person who enjoys physical touch, physical affection in a safe and trusting context can do so much to reset your nervous system. Think about a child. Often times when children are having temper tantrums, if you ask them if they want a hug and they say yes, the hug instantly calms them all the way down. Even though we're bigger than children physically, we still have our inner children that still need the same type of attention. So never underestimate the power of a hug. The next one is physical activity. Moderate exercise can help release pent-up energy and help, and help cause a surge of endorphins to offset the stressor, which is why some people really enjoy cardiovascular exercise, like running, because they get the, the high off of the endorphins released through exercise. Another one is to create something. Create something that you love that does not that is not tied to income. Okay, so find a thing that you love to do. Coloring, gardening, painting. There are so many different things. I believe that all of us are meant to create something. I think that is innate in us, that we all are creators of some sort. If you don't know what it is that you like to create, I think it is a good time to, to sit 
sit with yourself and try different things and see what feels best for you and, and consistently do that thing. The next one is to laugh. I love watching um, Martin reruns. Whenever I am sad, I will watch Martin reruns just to make me laugh. Laughter is so important and is so underrated. It is so important to prioritize your joy because life is hard and life is very stressful, um, especially in the past couple years. So it is so important to seek out things that bring you joy and that make you smile and that make you laugh. And the last one is one that I shy away from, but I'm trying to embrace is to cry. A lot of us are taught since we're little not to cry and to hold it in and and whatnot, but it is completely okay to to cry. When I allow myself to cry, it just feels so much better when I'm done. (laughs) So if you're not a crier, I encourage you to do so. And if you are a crier, keep crying, girl. So now the next question is, so how, now that I've completed the stress cycle, how do I prevent burning out again? So the first thing is going to be to set boundaries. Set boundaries, not only with those around you, but set boundaries with yourself. We can't do all things and we can't be all things to all people. So it's important to say no sometimes. It's important to step away from whatever work that we're doing, whether or not it's something that we love, because there's a time and place for everything. So set boundaries. Tell yourself that you'll work from this time to that time, and then be intentional about creating time for you to care for yourself. The next thing is to outsource, especially as people who have who wear many different hats again it's impossible to do everything yourself so if there is a task that you do not like i highly encourage you to find somebody who does it better than you and pay them to do it for you um i'm so happy that i'm seeing the conversation now um where people are encouraging mothers to um hire housekeepers to Order online, order your groceries online and all of those things because when I was getting help from a housekeeper, I was kind of ashamed and I, like, it was a secret. Like, I did not want anybody to know that I had housekeepers coming to the house because I'm like, you know what, part of the mark of womanhood and being a great mom and being a great spouse to me was being the one who kept my house together. But girl, bye. No. If you can, if it's possible for you to get a housekeeper, if that's not your jam, if that's not what you do for your self-care, hire somebody. It is okay. (laughs) So bottom line is whatever task brings you the least joy and takes up a lot of your time and you can afford to pay somebody else to do for you, do that. It is completely okay. Like Forgive yourself. I think sometimes we work so hard and we forget what we're working for. I realized now that I've gotten older is that one of the things that I'm working for is just convenience. Like my time has become so, so precious to me. 
So I'm not going to waste my time like scrubbing floors and being mad at my kids for, for being messy when I could just find somebody to help me do that thing and then use my time with my kids, not fussing. The next thing is to take breaks often. So important. Even during an eight, nine, 10 hour workday, it is impossible to be 100% productive and focused during that time span. You are not a machine. You are a human being. So make sure you take time to just step away from your laptop or from whatever you do for work. Walk away from it. Um, And that's for during the day. And then I also believe that we need breaks in terms of um, work breaks. So we need vacations. And I know it's hard right now because of the pandemic. I think it's so important that we have something to look forward to. One of the things that I struggled the most with throughout this time was not having anything to look forward to. I like to have, even if it's a vacation to see my husband's family, which is um, a state away, even if it's just that long weekend, just having that on my calendar that I have that in six weeks we'll be doing this makes such a difference. Um, the past year was so hard because I didn't have anything on the calendar, right? Because we're, we're in a pandemic. But as the world starts to open up and I think we are kind of understanding a little bit how to more responsibly move about, I think it's so important to make sure that you are creating rest for yourself. The next thing is to trim your to-do list. Again, it's not possible to do all the things and to be everything to everybody. So really trim your to-do list. I believe in the power of three. So every day I have three things on my list that are my priorities. If I do those three things, I feel fulfilled for the day. And if I do more of those three things, well, go me. That's great. It's a bonus. But I'm not holding myself up. I'm no longer holding myself accountable for more than three things. It sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, once you adopt the power of three, it's life changing. (laughs) The next one is to move your body. We kind of talked about that before. It's so important to find something that you enjoy doing and then doing that consistently. I got myself a pair of skates, y'all. Yeah, I'm terrible at it, but I enjoy doing it. I enjoy practicing. I look crazy. I'm mostly stay in my garage and in my driveway because I'm not ready for the streets yet. But it's nice just doing something that that is new, that's kind of challenging, and it's good for my body too. I work up a sweat on them skates looking crazy. <laughs> so move your body. Find something that you like to do and do that. And then the last thing, but for me, is one of the most important things, especially in the times that we live in, is to unplug It is so easy to get wrapped up in all that's happening in the world and all that's happening on social media, and it's not healthy. It's too much. We weren't designed to know the thoughts and opinions of thousands of people. It's just too much for our brains. It's it's overload, and I think it has a lot to do with the anxieties and even the depression, the sadness that a lot of us feel. So take your breaks, have a set time where you put your phone away, where your phone is not accessible to you, where you even turn on do not disturb because people don't need to be accessible to you either. (laughs) 
Um, I hope that has been helpful. I hope that you are able to um, recognize if you are burnt out or if you're headed towards burnout and that if you are, you're able to recognize some things that you can do to um, stop your burnout and then prevent it from happening again. That is all I have for you today. I am so, so happy that that I recorded because honestly, I was feeling kind of down. I'm just like, girl, you can't just feel sad and just, just quit, right? So I'm happy that I recorded. I'm happy that you joined me. I'm so, so happy you're here as always. And until next time, be well, sis. Y'all, I have something really amazing happening. I applied for the Clubhouse Creator First program and was accepted as a finalist. So on May 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Be Well Sis will be having a pilot show. So the pilot will be centered on Black maternal mental health. And I have a panel of experts and it's going to be an interactive show. So I want you to show up to have your questions ready and let us talk about maternal mental health. We are talking from the initial postpartum period and throughout the stages of the different stages of motherhood um, and how every stage is a little bit different and how it impacts our mental health. So I have experts, I have people with lived experience, and I want you to join in on the conversation. It's going to be a good time and I really, really, really am a nervous, <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward um, to chatting with you and to your support. So I will link the event down below in the show notes. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. This is um, a really big opportunity and I hope I get it. I hope the pilot goes off without a hitch, but if I don't get it, honestly, I'm just so proud of myself for stepping out because this is not me. I'm very shy and um, I'm proud of myself for applying. So anyway, I hope you join me. And um, yes, so again, the Clubhouse Creator First pilot for Be Well Sis will be on May 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The link is down below. If you aren't following me on Clubhouse, my name is Cassandra Dunbar. Cassandra is spelled C-A-S-S-A-N-D-R-E. Dunbar is D as in David, U, N as in Nancy, B as in boy, A, R. I'm really hoping to see you there. Be well, sis.